Lakita, you want to give us a word of prayer, please? Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we are um, grateful for this privilege to study your word. We're grateful for knowledge and wisdom. We ask that you will open our eyes and our hearts and our minds and help us to receive what you have prepared for us today. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. We ask for the spirit of God, especially to be in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, okay. y'all. Now I see y'all. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Y'all gonna go back undercover? Who? Who are you talking about? Go back to not, not showing. Go back to where I don't see y'all. We didn't have any tr anything to do with that. Hi, Paula. How you doing? Hello. Can you hear me? I can yeah. hear you. Yes, Happy Sabbath, can. everyone. Happy, Happy Sabbath. Sabbath. Uh, I was saying, if anyone wants to share this uh, feed, share it now before we actually get started. And uh, wait a minute. I'm going to. Um, no, we're not on. Share it a couple of places. I think if I pull the Facebook, okay. As I said, we're studying from the book Testimonies for the Church by Ellen White, and um, you can get that on the app in your app store. It's E.G. White Writings Two, I believe, <clears throat> and um, so that's available to anybody that wants to join in. Uh, this week, we're studying from Testimonies for the Church, and next week, we're studying from the book Heaven with Elderly Carol. He'll give us that chapter at the end of this uh, lesson. Um, so we are uh, chapter 75, Walk in the Light. And um, she started off talking in the first paragraph about how God's people dwell too much under a cloud, and meaning that we live in unbelief. And she said that we should be children of the light because he is uh, of the light and in him there is no darkness at all. But, uh, and if we are renewed in his image, we're called out of darkness into his marvelous light. And she said that then we won't walk in darkness. And she said that the more closely we strive to imitate Christ, the more perseveringly they will be persuaded by the enemy. They will be, I'm sorry, pursued by the enemy but their nearness to Christ strengthens them to resist the efforts of our wily foe to draw them from Christ. Um, anybody have any comments about that first paragraph that we dwell under, under a cloud too much in the darkness? Yeah, I know it's, uh, it was talking about unbelief, but also I think as uh, the people of God that we should be more cheerful and more joyful, recognizing that God is with us and through us and that we have a great reward waiting for us in heaven sometimes church members are you know seem to be sad or discouraged and you know i don't think that's how god wants us to be knowing that he is god and that there's nothing too hard for him i think we should be more cheerful and joyful as christians well lee i want you to expand on that a little bit especially since we're going through this pandemic right now and mm -hmm. there are real consequences to this thing, whether we're taking the adequate precautions, especially if we're not taking the ad adequate precautions, but uh, sometimes even when we're taking the adequate precautions. So talk to me about how we as God's people should be under the so-called cloud of this pandemic. 
I think we should recognize that again, God is in control of everything. And we already know that we're going to have trial and tribulation throughout life until Christ returns. It's like if you go, if you're on a roller coaster ride, which is called life, but you never thought the thing was going to stop, <laughs> you would be terrified. But when you know, okay, it's going to do this for a little while, then it's going to stop and everything's going to be peaceful, then you don't fret so much and you even learn to enjoy the ride. So it's the same way in life. Yeah, stuff's going to happen. People die every day. Loved ones pass away. We get hurt or injured. But the ultimate result is that Jesus is soon to return and we're going to return to glory with him. So that gives us the reason to be thankful, to be grateful to God and to enjoy life while we have it. Okay, so, so we shouldn't be anxious or um, fretful about this pandemic? No. <laughs> we should be careful, have common sense, you know, listen to the health authorities, you know, yeah. Uh, and in fact, her, her words is implying that the word um, anxiety, um, depression, discouragement is unbelief. So she's not, we should not, uh, I was showing God's people dwell too much under a cloud. You know, we're too sad, too depressed, too discouraged, too frustrated, too aggravated, annoyed, angered. That society, it's not his will that they should live in unbelief. That's, a, you know, all that is a result of not believing in God. Mm. Okay. This also tells us uh, be anxious for nothing. So we don't have to stress and be worried about things. God's already promised to take care of us and provide for us. It also says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, and fear that I'm not, for I am with you. So, yes, yeah, stuff happens, but we're not called to be afraid like those who don't know the Lord. Okay, very good point. Very good point. Uh, in the next paragraph, second paragraph, she says, I was shown that there was too much comparing ourselves among ourselves. Um, taking fallible mortals for a pattern when we have a sure unerring pattern. And so we should not measure ourselves by the world, not by the opinions of the world, uh, nor by what we have before we embrace the truth or what we were before we embrace the truth, but that our faith and our position in the world as they now are must be compared with what? Jesus promised. Or, of course, if we had followed the Lord. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And uh, been continually onward and upward since we professed the, uh, to be followers of Christ. Uh, I heard, I was watching something last night, and uh, the man was talking about how if you're constantly focused on what's behind you, you're gonna, you can't see what's in front of you. And you're going to run off course. And so you need to change your focus to what's in front of you rather than what's behind you, which is part of what it's talking about here. I always, you know, uh, what we were before. Don't compare ourselves to what we were before. Although sometimes we do say as, as Christians, we say, thank the Lord. I may, I may not be where I should be, but thank the Lord I'm not where I used to be, you know. And then at the bottom of that second paragraph, 
She says, if the moral character and spiritual state of God's people do not correspond with the blessings, privileges, and light which have been conferred upon them, they are weighed in the balance and angels make the report they are wanting. That sounds like a, fear, a, a fearful thing to me that, that you know, it, it just sounds like a fearful thing to me that that if our, our if our spirit and our state do not correspond with the blessings, privileges, and light which has been conferred upon us, we like one of the kings in the Bible, we will be weighed in the balances and found wanting. Somebody talk to me about that. What do you think about that? Okay, hold on. So if we if I oh if we're not growing spiritually compared to the opportunities we have to grow spiritually, then when God looks down on us and he's gonna look at us and say that and um weigh us in the balances and we're gonna be found wanting. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So so oh go ahead, I'm sorry. So if we're not using the knowledge that we have, or if we're not uh, um, attaining victories with the knowledge that we have, then we're not, you know, we're not going to be found. Um, well, if we're not faithful to making the choices and decisions that's put within our pathway that we could make, then we're going to be found wanting. So if I know the Bible and I know biblical truth, but I'm not walking in that truth am I going to be found wanting waiting bounces and found wanting yes <laughs> well you know what yes if the goal is to have a desire because it says man looks on the outward appearance but God looks on the heart the goal is to have that desire and to walk in the desire as far as you can within your strength and then allowing God to make the changes for you that we cannot make and stuff, but if we're wallowing in sin and enjoying filth and dirt, then no, you know, we're not going to be calling it righteous. God can't put His stamp of approval on that. So, what about if I? What about if I? If I know the truth, and I go into my little hobbit and I practice the truth in my hobbit, am I going to be found wanting? But I don't go out anywhere else. What's a hobbit? <laughs> a little hole in the ground. <laughs> You know what, if the Lord is convicting you to come out the hole and you don't come out, see the issue is not what we're doing, it's what God's asking us to do and what we refuse to do and why we're refusing to do it. You know, I think Moses, God was sending Moses to go out and, and um, to lead the people of Israel. And you know, if you will, he was in his hobbit out there in the wilderness, got in his groove thing. And he didn't want to come out, I assume, but he did say to the Lord, I, you know, I can't speak. And so God was compassionate. He said, okay, I'm going to send your brother Aaron with you. So, you know, it depends on why we're doing what we're doing. That's really more important than actually than what we're doing. So also, I think, Sister Karen, I think oh, it ahead. also says, says in the Bible that um, greater is he that is in us. So if God is going to can, uh, uh, take us to a tri uh, trial and want us to get out there, and I think somewhere in the Bible it says we're going to, that people are not going to be lost. Well, they're going to be lost for the lack of knowledge. If God has given us and told the Holy Spirit, 
work with that person to get out and spread my message. And we just say, oh, I just want to stay, you know, stay at home, just talk, you know, just learn all this stuff and not go out and spread it. Well, though, if we're not doing what God asked us, we're there are those individuals that we could have told the truth and could have maybe turned their lives to God. And we didn't. It says they're going to die from lack of knowledge. Is that not a sin on us too? That's my question. Mm. Anybody want to take a stab at that one? If the Holy Spirit, yes, we're not doing, we're not doing God's will. We're not spreading the gospel like He told us to do. We got the, the gospel. We're supposed to share it. We've been commissioned so, yeah, to spread wrong. the word and be disciples and fishers of men. So, if the Holy Spirit tells you to go and you don't go, that's where the sin is. The rest of it is if I'm thinking, you know, that this is what I ought to do. That's not what God wants. He wants obedience. He wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants to interact with us. He wants But is God is God the kind of God that says, I'm telling you to go? Or does he say, Will you go? No, he said go. Hey, he already said go teach teach to yeah. and stuff. He already said that. But when but he's you know, the here's the thing, it comes down to this. You can do something one way and Paula does it another way and Alvina does it another way. And God understands that. And when he needs Karen's style, then he sends Karen. And when he needs Alvina style, he sends her. And Paula's style, he sends her. So he sends people, he knows where, who can reach who. And it's just a mistake for us to think that everybody's supposed to do, be doing the same thing at the same time or if they're not doing it the way I think it ought to be done, then they're not doing it right. You know, it may be perfectly okay for a person to sit in their house and maybe mail out, you know, a, a lovely letter to someone. They like le uh, writing letters and they mail out something, inviting them to love the Lord. They may just be their thing. Somebody else is going to do what, it. What if they're not doing anything at all? Like, God loves me and we good and we online church and prayer meeting and that's it. Well, what do you mean by not doing it all? Because if they're online and if they're in prayer meeting, they're doing something. What do you mean? No, no, no. They're not spreading the gospel, sharing says it who? with anyone else. Well, but says who? See, that's said, what man, we can be. Said what God knows. Said what God knows. Well, wouldn't that be like um, when the, the, uh, the servants and the talents? Yeah, I would believe. It would. You know what? It would be. But here's the thing. We don't have a clue. Because we don't know what God is asking people to do. You know, for example, someone, um, I think Karen may have said this to me, you know, well, like um, Karen, she goes and she does, she gives this stuff to uh, Patsy, you know, making these copies and blah, blah. She's mindful of that. Never into my head to think about doing anything like that. So am I not spreading the gospel? But, but Karen will say to me, yeah, but Lakita, you're really encouraging. It comes naturally to me. I don't think of it as being much to just say something kind or something uplifting or to try to inspire people to do better. Who's not doing God's work? You know, I may be in the comfort of my home. She may be in the comfort of her court. Alvina, you may be in the comfort out in the streets meeting the people. You know, Paula on your job. Who says it? You know, and then we always say we're supposed to walk the walk, not talk the walk. So if, if we're walking the walk and we're being Christians, I just really... You know, I just have a problem when I start hearing, and I know y'all not saying this, this is my own personal history speaking here, that it was like a one way fits all type of Christianity. It's not like that. We're free and we're free in Christ. And if we can 
grasp hold to the beauty of that freedom that I do it this way, she does it that way, and then we are okay with that. We can use each other's talents better. You know, we can stop calling people out of their area of strength and into a weaker area because we think they're supposed to be cooking food for the church when they hate cooking. What if they're not, okay, what if they're not doing nothing at all? I mean, you, we know that for a fact. Wouldn't that be Alvina, Alvina, it's not possible. Yeah. My opinion for real, it's not possible to do nothing at all if you are living up to the standards that God uh, that you're living out in your life, practical living of Christianity, because people are going to see Christ in you when you come. It's not all about talking about Christ. It's about living about Christ and where God tells you to be doing what is, that's where it's at to me. That relationship has to take precedence over everything, everything, not what you think, not what somebody else in church said, everything has to be between you and God. And I think that's what God wants from us. So. Situations so where we think that person's not doing anything, but we don't know. Only God knows. Because if you're in the nursing home and you're immobile and can't get out, but you listen to messages on the TV and you study your Bible, well, you can't go out and pass out literature. But when the nurses and the uh, CNAs come to work with you, you can be kind. You can uh, be loving. You can smile. If a person lives out in the wilderness uh, of Alaska, but they hear the word of God and they follow what they uh, feel the Spirit's telling them to do, there's nobody else out there. But they're still counted as believers because they've accepted Christ in their heart. And when they do come across some people, then the love of Christ is going to show out in their, in their actions. What this one paragraph was saying, if your moral character and spiritual state do not correspond, meaning you have not grown in grace and in Christ in your connection and relationship, despite the blessings and privileges and light, then you're going to be found wanting. It's like uh, the fig tree parable. The man was going to tear down the fig tree, but then the gardener said, no, I'm going to put some fertilizer around it. I'm going to dig around it and cultivate it. And then I'm going to see what happens. So it's like us. The gardener said, I'm going to give it blessings. I'm going to give it privileges. I'm going to shine light upon it. Then I'm going to see how it progresses. And that's the state that this is talking about. If we have not progressed in spite of what God has done, then we're going to be in trouble. Uh, that's interesting that you brought that story up, Lee. I'm reminded of the story in the Bible about King, uh, I think it's Belteshazzar. And he was weighed in the balances and found wanting. How does that relate to this, this last part of this paragraph? I was thinking the same thing. Well, it's the same, it's the same principle. Even though he wasn't a believer, his father was a believer. His father knew, and we can uh, realize his father probably told him what had happened in his life so that he knew about God, he just wasn't following him. And always God gives everybody opportunity to learn of him. So Belteshazzar had opportunities and privileges. He just didn't take advantage of them. And just like this paragraph saying, he was found wanting literally. And so it may imply, since you're connecting these two, it may imply that Belteshazzar had an understanding with God of what God expected from him. And Belteshazzar refused to do it because 
you know, it's not enough to just know the history from someone else. It's about you knowing God and knowing what God wants you to do, you know, or, uh, attempting to obey and follow and do what God asks you to do. And so with that in mind, Belteshazzar had some type of relationship with God and he was professing under, as, under unbelieving under, uh, to some uh, level that he believed in God. But then he gets in there with his friends, uses the holy cups and do all kinds of things. And Lord is like, yeah, you said one thing, but you're doing another thing in front of your friends. You're found one time is up for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we don't ever want to be in that position where God has given us opportunities. And, you know, sometimes the Lord will bring a person across our path only one time in their life and in our life. And we only have one opportunity to um, bear some kind of light to them or shine some kind of light to them. Do we not say anything uh, or, or do we... Um, respond to something that they've said in a truthful manner. <laughs> but don't we supposed to wait for the Holy Spirit to lead us? I and mean, we can say, how you doing? Like, how, you know, hi. We don't know. The Holy Spirit will let us know we're supposed to say Well, sure. I'm just saying, like, if okay. they brought up something like, well, I, you know, I lost my grandmother to this COVID, but I know she's in heaven now. <laughs> I know she's happier. <laughs> You don't be like, nah, she ain't in heaven, dude. No, she ain't in heaven. <laughs> you don't be like that. You gotta come really. <laughs> you like, you like, there is life after that. We don't know how that grandma lived, so we don't know. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think you answered the question, Alvina. We're supposed to listen to the Holy Spirit. And if the Lord tells you to say something, then you follow his lead. But, you know, sometimes we get it in our own minds how we're gonna do you know, what we think is right. And then we end up uh, saying the wrong thing to people. But as and, and, and I think question, that, you know, Karen, before you go oh. on that question of whether we should say something. Yeah, God gives us opportunity to speak a word in due season to people. And I believe we should take advantage of it as God leads us. Um, that might be your your only opportunity to speak to this one person but it's not necessarily their last opportunity to hear about uh, the Lord and his love. Uh, they even say that every That's a good point. Venice has met, has had seven connections before they actually accept uh, the truth of God's word. So while you might say one thing, somebody else comes along, says another, uh, somebody else says something, it all adds up to pointing this person to Christ. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's true. I think that a lot of times when we uh, are in a situation or circumstance similar to that or some other type of circumstance where we, we feel compelled to say something or we, we feel like the Holy Spirit has compelled us to say something, we still need to wait and see or, or listen long enough to see how the Holy Spirit wants us to say it or bring it to that person. And a lot of times, all we do, we, 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 we see the baton coming. Okay, get, <laughs> grab the baton and take off running. Mm. And so we didn't wait long enough for the Holy Spirit to tell us how to bring it to that person. Uh, there was a situation where Andre was having lunch, and he probably mentioned this before, where he was having lunch with a coworker, I think. And uh, she was just asking him about 
um, gay people and what the Bible had to say about gay people and all of that. And he just brought it straight from the word to her. And then later on, he found out that she was gay. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, I think that the Holy Spirit did not want you to know that because then you might have watered down what you were going to say to her. And so, you know, she, she heard, and he, you know, he, he, I don't remember exactly how he brought everything to her, but she heard it, you know, an unwatered down version of what the Bible has to say about it. She asked what the Bible says. She didn't <laughs> ask for his opinion. Mm-hmm. What does right. the Bible say about it? And there it is. Right, right. Okay, any other comments before we move on to the next paragraph? Yeah, I, on that one too is, um, I like where it says about Noah, it says Noah was a righteous man in his day. The mercy that God has for us, you know, that it says to me that Noah wasn't perfect. You know, we absolutely know he wasn't because as soon as he got off the boat, he got drunk and was laid out, knocked out drunk and stuff. So, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, I just wanted to point that out that God says, you know, in his day. And I, I always rely on that, that we may not be, you know, like where, like you said earlier, where we want to be and where we'd like to be, you know, but we're not where we used to be. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that when he looks at me, he'll say Lakita is righteous in her day, you know, don't compare me back to the old days when there wasn't no TV and there wasn't, wasn't any, uh, games on my phone to be distracted from worship. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> right. Flip right. it up, flip it down. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're at paragraph 406.2 and I would like somebody to read that paragraph for me because I actually highlighted that whole paragraph and then I we, we'll, we'll talk about it. So anybody? I'll read it. With some, is that where it starts at? With some, yes, uh -huh. knowledge of their true state seems to be hidden from them. They see the truth, but perceive not its importance or its claims. Help us, Lord. They hear the truth, but do not fully understand it because they do not conform their lives to it and therefore not sanctified through, through obeying it. And yet they rest as unconcerned and well satisfied as though the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night as token of God's favor went before them. They profess to know God, but in works deny him. They reckon themselves his chosen, peculiar people. Yet his presence and power to save to the uttermost are sealed or manifest among them. How great is the darkness of such, yet they know it not. The light shines, but they do not comprehend it. No stronger delusion can deceive the human mind than that which makes them believe that they are right and that God accepts their works when they are sinning against him. They mistake the form of godliness for the spirit and power thereof. They suppose that they are rich and have need of nothing when they are poor, wretched, blind, and naked, and need all things. Mm. Help us, Lord. Amen. Yes, that, that, that was a really strong, um, that was a really strong assessment of, of, of people, some people, I'll put it like that. And I remember when I was in law school and I used to say that um, there was nothing wrong with asking a question, 
The only thing that was wrong is if you didn't know that you didn't know. So you didn't even know to ask, you know? And so I think there are a lot of people and, and we know from the Bible that in the last days, Satan is going to be uh, working the works of unrighteousness, all deceivableness of unrighteousness, including great deceptions practiced upon the masses. And so, and, and also the Bible says that if it were possible, he would deceive the very elect. So what does that say about the state of mind that we have to be in in order not to be deceived by the arch deceiver? We have to be um, reflecting on our behaviors. We have to be praying and asking God to help us see ourselves as we are. I mean, you have to be submissive and accepting of the truth, you know, that, and um, just not quantify God's stuff. He means for me to do this, but not that. This is important, but not that. That's not important. He doesn't need us to pick and choose, you know, what we can and will do. You know, he needs us to pray and be willing, just do what he tells us to do. That's what I'm... I thought the part about the pillar by fire, I thought that was funny. Mm -hmm. you know, we've run into people who it seems like that's exactly what they think is that God's pillar of fire is, you know, going before them and nobody else. You know what? Tell me something about, because, you know, we're in this post-election um, non-conceding period. <laughs> And there are a lot of, of, of those that voted for 45 that are just in complete denial about the election results. Now, we are a country, supposedly, right now, uh, a democratic country that holds open and free elections. But yet there are so many people that believe that something was done wrong or something was done fraudulently, even though there's no proof of any of that. And even though some of the states that have done a recount have certified that there was nothing wrong with their elections. What do you think about people like that? Well, when something is beyond logic, um, and you're looking at it from a, a spiritual sense with discerning eyes, it's like they're under a spell because it defies logic. There's no explaining it. It's not, it makes no, one plus one does not equal two. Mm -hmm. So you know they're under a demonic influence. Mm. I, also think in, I also think in terms of when I witness with some people or, you know, just sitting talking and then they come back, well, yeah, you you know, I think what I'm reading in the Bible, you know, you told me to read this is right. But my mama was a Baptist and my family was a Baptist. I'm going to stay a Baptist. And that's like, there's new truth being brought to you. Maybe they didn't have that truth, but they're in mm -hmm. denial that even though I, I, I'm thinking I'm, I'm learning this new stuff that you're telling me, I'm just, I just can't, you know, turn away from my family. And that's not what God is asking them. God is letting them know you got some new light. And maybe when you turn and, and follow me completely, you can't just choose nine commandments that you're going to follow. So I kind of think that's along the same line. That denial mm -hmm. is that, it's, un it's, it's going to be uncomfortable for me. I don't want to accept it. Mm. That's a good point. Know the truth. Yeah, that was good. Mm -hmm. I think the Where Bible points out too about uh, these, pe these type of people are blind guides 
And if the blind lead the blind, they both gonna fall into a ditch. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, and and it's 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 really a, it's really a little disconcerting that you know people can be looking right at the truth and deny what they're seeing. You know, and 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 so many and like and like I think uh, uh, was it you, Paula, saying they're under a spell. Yes. Demonic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. But you know, the Bible also tells us that that those who do not receive a love of the truth, God will send a lie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and so right. we have to be very careful that we that we uh, receive not only a love of the truth but obey the truth as it is contained in God's word. You know, and study to show ourselves approved so we know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And many you know? of these people are confessed Christians, are far right evangelicals. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what Bible they're reading mm. or what's, you know, it's obviously they're not under the God of the Holy Spirit. Right. And you know, Satan delights in creating fanatics that, you know, they decide that what they believe is right. Mm-hmm. And and damnation to anything that's different from what mm-hmm. they believe, you Which know. Is it's really important for us to move away from what we see, and and really move towards you know seeking God and His righteousness and having Him and having Him as our guide because we cannot just look at our behavior and say you know I'm doing the good thing you know we have to be about really looking to the Lord and Sister White says that the the closer we get to God, the more we will feel our unrighteousness and our sinfulness. Mm. So we will know that we're not moving closer to God when we feel self-righteous. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, Sister Karen, when Brother Hitchison was there and he was, he had those little, um, well, he had us come upstairs and he talked to us about meeting people where they at. I said, I found in the last two months, I've had to listen to what people are believing in before, you know, as I'm talking with the people, I kind of sit back and I let them tell me, you know, what they believe and this is what my pastor said and stuff. I said, and when you listen, then God sends the Holy Spirit to let you know, this is where they're missing the point. This is where I need for you and the Holy Spirit just to lead them. Cause I never tell them what I think. I say, well, you know, if you go to Matthew such and such, you know, read it again. Then tell me if you think of something different. And I think that made a difference when, when Brother Hitchison brought it to my, brought it to our, my, especially my attention. Let Meet them where they're at, because then you do find out where there's a little error in what they're thinking. Okay. Because that's what God does. He meets us where we are. You know, he doesn't stand on the other side of, you know, uh, let's see, overcame smoking, overcame drinking, overcame. He doesn't stand over there and say, come over here and then I'm going to be with you. You know, he comes and be with us in the middle of our mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to read a little bit of the next paragraph. It says, there are some who profess to be Christ's followers, yet put forth no effort in spiritual things. In any worldly enterprise, they put forth effort and manifest ambition to accomplish their object and bring about the desired end. But in the enterprise of everlasting life where all is at stake and their eternal happiness depends upon their success, 
They act as indifferent as though they were not moral agents, as though another were playing the game of life for them and they had nothing to do but wait for the result. Oh, what folly, what madness, if all will only manifest that degree of ambition, zeal and earnestness for everlasting life that they manifest in their worldly pursuits, they would be victorious overcomers. You ever seen anybody like that, that, ah, oh man, when it comes to something in the world, could be their job, it could be something else, a hobby, something like that. They're just, I mean, they are just on it and they are just driven. But when it comes to uh, 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 fostering a spiritual uh, connection or spiritual life with the Lord, they just have no interest, even though they profess to be a Christian. You ever seen that? Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. I see that, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know what, but, well, I guess it's like the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And mm -hmm. so our, um, we, we put other things before that seeking God. Hmm. You know, that's I, I a good, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was saying when I first read that paragraph, I was like, oh, I have, I'm, I'm guilty of that because my line of work is, um, is very competitive and is driven by numbers. But when it was, went on to say no interest, I was like, nope. I mean, you know, everybody knew what I stood for. And no matter where I was in the world, I, I found a church to go to on Sabbath. But my whole goal when I was out there was making my numbers. I wasn't evangelizing. So I was like, do I fall into that category? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about uh, my daughter that works in an elderly home. How many of them will come maybe once a month on Sunday and want to, you know, see their loved ones and preach to them? But they never see, and some of them, they, they don't even come. And I'm like, but they, you know, they, they consider themselves to be Christians, but you left this person in an elderly home and you don't call and you don't check on them. And that's really sad. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just think that, you know, all of us have encountered someone like that in our lifetime hopefully we're like paula hope hopefully we're not like that or won't continue to be like that paula um but we've encountered someone like that um that more are more interested in the things of the world than the things of god and it's interesting that god has allowed this pandemic to just you know ravage the earth and then, you know, you say, okay, well, God is trying to do something here. He's trying to arrest our attention. But then it's like, so people have gone into their houses, but they clamor to be back out. They clamor for the quail again. And uh, ain't nobody in their houses. Everybody outside. That's why it's still uh, going up. Yeah. Well, I think part of that is they're not taking the proper precautions because they're just tired of it. They think that it should have just be gone away by now. So they're just tired of the whole lockdown and lockout and restrictions and all of that. Well, not and there's, there's still at all. There's still people say, that criticize Christians for saying, I'll put on a mask. 
because they feel like that, you know, our faith should be strong, that we shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. God said don't the guy on the news, And the guy, he's a church pastor, and he was going to keep having service because he said we have a higher duty to God and he'll protect us and go against uh, the laws that they had put in place to help people to stay safe. So, yeah, there are some people out there who don't follow any of the uh, COVID suggestions because they call themselves Christians. Well, God said don't test him. Also, yeah, also the um, this, uh, this past administration, we can say that with a smile, past. <laughs> that sounds so good. Yeah. All right, Lakita, we see you smiling. She's <laughs> <laughs> smiling, she's laughing and giggling. <laughs> this past administration started it. And, and it's really interesting because you see how people follow the leader. I mean, even against their own eyeballs, you know, and um, here in St. Louis, because this is just mind boggling to me, uh, a 13-year-old died in Missouri. He was uh, uh, in rural areas, but he died from COVID. And then the yeah. teacher said like in seven days, you know, it was seven days from the day that the last day they hit school or he was in school or whatever, he died. And then the teacher's right on television and she's saying, the teacher's saying, and we're going to open school up next week. And it's like, did you just not hear this person died? But mm -hmm. not that. So with that, the mother comes on and she's saying, COVID is real. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't know that, right? Mm -hmm. Who, she's talking to those people who, you know, are like her. Obviously she didn't believe it was real, you know? And now when people come face to face, they'll figure it out. But this, this, this administration also planted so many seeds of discord and disbelief, you know, and I don't know how you can make up like 200,000, 200, 240 some thousand people dead. How are you gonna make that up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that's true. I think that's true. And so I just think that, you know, um, one of the things that this paragraph tells me is that we have to study to show ourselves approved. And when we stand before God, it's not going to be on anybody else's merits. It's going to be whether we accepted Christ and whether we allowed the reforming power of the Holy Spirit to change us and not any, you know, depend on someone else. Uh, it reminds me of the story of the 10 virgins and the five wise and the five foolish and the five foolish thought, well, you know what? When they were out of oil, well, can, can we get some of your oil? But it doesn't work that way. You can't get the Holy Spirit oil from someone else if you didn't take the time to get it for yourself. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we each one have to be prepared and ready to stand on our own when Jesus steps out of the way and says it's finished. Amen. Amen. Um, and let's see time we got here. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip on down to paragraph, unless someone wanted to cover anything in the other paragraphs. I'm going to skip on down to paragraph 408.1. Oh, unless there was. Oh, they're on. 407.2, the last sentence is important. The disciples of Christ must be living examples of the life and spirit of their master. Mm. 
Can't so what does that mean exactly? What does that mean? Man, you can't. We can't just talk the spirit. talk, but not allow His Spirit to change our lives into the example of Christ. And wherever we go, whatever we do, we have to let uh, the light of Christ shine forth through our words, deeds, and actions. Mm. So I remember, you know, in the Bible, when Jesus was on the cross and the Pharisees were mocking him saying, well, you, you know what you saved others, save yourself. Come down from the cross and then we will believe you. What was wrong with that statement? They were lying, first of all. They wouldn't <laughs> believe him anyway. They, they, their hearts were so hard they would not have believed him yep, but, what, but what was the other part of that what was the what was i mean that statement was wrong on so many levels they were just taunting level? him and being just cool and mean and disgusting and i well, think that, too they they was true. giving him an ultimatum if you do this then i'll believe you're supposed to believe on faith not what you see, and somebody brought that up today. You can't look at what's going on around, but they was like an They gave him an ultimatum: come down if you this, and and so that that's definitely not God doesn't. You got like Alvina said, you're not supposed to tempt God. Well, um, I don't know if it was Ellen G. White, um, but I've always heard or I read somewhere that there were demons mixed in that crowd because that. Uh, uh, that request was exactly like the request Satan made when he tempted Christ. Mm -hmm. I heard that before too. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think that's in desire of ages. And so let me, let me ask this. So, well, Lee, you already said they would not have believed him, but. No, they weren't going to change. But but <laughs> wait a minute, they wait a minute. They didn't believe him based on the same thing. He would have come him. down. No, uh, Satan would have won, and the um, whole plan of salvation would have crumbled. And that was his last attempt to get Christ yep, to crack yep. at his lowest mm -hmm. point. And so the point being is that if they didn't believe him, based on all of the works he had already done, why would they believe him, Lee, if he got down off the cross? I don't think it was about them believing him. It was just Satan's last attempt Mm -hmm. to discredit the plan of salvation you know the whole thing would have been for naught yep. if christ had have done that he he hit christ twice at his lowest point once when he was in the wilderness and again when he was on the cross mm. mm -hmm. good points good points okay anything else in the above paragraphs before we skip down to 408.1 Okay, in the middle of that paragraph, well, you know what, let's go to, to the top of that paragraph. She starts out talking about the, the conflict and the warfare before us and that we cannot sleep for a moment. And that the, the enemy is constantly on the alert to uh, lead us astray. You know, anybody ever watch uh, that show, Naked and Afraid? Anybody ever watch that? What they do is they take they take two people who have never met before and they take them out to and, and supposedly they have some sort of training and survival skills and they take them out to a remote place, uh, whatever country, whatever a remote place. They make them take all their clothes off. They give them they let them pick two tools that they can take with them each. 
And then they just set them free and they have to survive for 21 days without food, without water. They got to find food. They got to find water. They got to find, make shelter, whatever. And then, then at the end of 21 days, they have to make their way to a pickup point, which may be five or six miles down the river or down or through the wherever, you know, wherever they've dropped them off at. And so, um, let's see. And so I'm saying that to say that sometimes like they'll, they'll walk for a while maybe to try to find a suitable place to build a shelter. Sometimes they don't find one before nightfall, in which case now they're sleeping on the ground or whatever. And then they start hearing all these sounds. What is that? What's that? What's that? What's that? And it's, it's wild animals out there. And it's wild animals that have come to, to, to see, okay, what is this? Is this my supper or my meal for tonight? And so she's saying in this paragraph that, you know what? We need to be on the alert, constantly on the alert. You know, everybody can't be asleep out there in the, in the middle of the, of the jungle. Everybody can't be asleep. Somebody's got to, to as, as the Bible says, be a watchman on the walls to sound the alarm. And so she says, believers in present truth must be as watchful as their in enemy and manifest wisdom in resisting Satan. How do you manifest wisdom in resisting Satan? I think that's only through the Holy Spirit leading you and you keeping your connection and relationship with Christ. Mm. We had a discussion at Sabbath school this morning about what wisdom consists of. What does wisdom consist of? Wise use of information and knowledge. Mm -hmm. It talked about it also that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. so the thing to do is to allow God to speak to you and tell you how, um, how you need to act and what you should or should not be engaged in. Mm -hmm. And Patsy, you said it well, having that, that connection with Christ mm -hmm. that, that, that we need to have in order to resist the enemy. You know, there's a lot of things that if we just spent more time in prayer and more time in the word, the, the Holy Spirit, well, I think that the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us just like the sun is always shining. It's just that we're not listening. We're too preoccupied with this or that or the other. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit speaks in a still small voice. So if we're too preoccupied with this, that or the other, then we may not hear that still small voice. Sometimes we do hear it. Um, have you ever been in a situation where you went somewhere, uh, 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 you, you left to go somewhere or do whatever, and then you got there and you had left something at home and you say, something told me. <laughs> but you didn't stop to go back yeah. to see what it was. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't even pause long enough to say, you know, okay, what is it, Lord? I'm, I, do I have everything, Lord? What is it that, that, that you're trying to tell me that I'm missing, that I'm overlooking, that I'm forgetting about, you know? And I'm sure we've all had that experience. Something told me, you know, and I didn't, I didn't pause long enough to just kind of, even just to kind of make take a mental note of the things that I needed to have with me that day. 
or make sure that I had my phone or make sure that I had whatever I needed, my, the folder, whatever I needed for that day um, to get through that day. And so I think the Holy Spirit is always speaking is just that we have to place ourselves in a position in that, that, that connection with Christ, Patsy, so that we hear. And well, I you know, I had experience this week that, like you said, I was so preoccupied and I, you know, I talked to God about it. There was a lady at the store that I could have, you know, stood and talked with her about God because, you know, she was trying to get a card and she was saying, you know, the Lord let me get out. And I said, I was so preoccupied. I didn't stop to say, you know, anything other than, you know, uh, if you need my help, you know, just holler. And I'm just going on putting groceries in my car. And I thought that was the opportunity that God needed me to stop and go help mm. her and, and, and just, you know, kind of calm her down because, you know, and I said, God, I said, I just missed it because I'm rushing. I'm trying to get from one store to the other, trying to get home. And so when I did get to the second store, I said, at least I was able to give out, you know, some tracks. But I thought, what a missed opportunity that God had provided for me. And so I, you know, I ask that y'all pray for me that I don't get so busy that I see some little older person like that, that needs just, you know, just a little help. And I, I just feel so bad when I, after I did it. Mm. Mm. Well, maybe that was just a wake up call. And sometimes God gives us wake up calls to make us be more attentive the next time and more in tune with his Holy Spirit the next time. And, um, to do those things that, that, that he's leading us to do. Um, in the middle of the next paragraph, it starts off the sentence, Christ is denied in many ways. We may deny him by speaking contrary to truth, by speaking evil of others, by foolish talking or jesting, or by words that are idle. In these things, we manifest but little shrewdness or wisdom. We make ourselves weak, our enemy, wait a minute, we make ourselves weak, our efforts are feeble to resist our great enemy, and we are conquered. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, and through lack of watchfulness, we confess that Christ is not in us. Right. And so, you know, the Bible counsels us against idle words and foolish jesting and all of that, but this is clearly saying that when we do those things and talk about people and gossip and all of that, that we make ourselves weak. And so therefore then our ability to resist our arch enemy is greatly diminished. And so uh, it's interesting how spiritual things work, you know, um, that's, that's, that's one side of it. Another side of it is how spiritual things work is that the Bible says that if you take care of the sick, your own health will be assured. Isn't that something? How those things kind of work together. So if you're talking foolishly and gossiping and, 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 and you know, jesting and idle word, jesting, joking about stuff that really, you know, there's no reason for it for real sometimes. <laughs> and... Um, it, it weakens our ability to resist. So it's almost like opening a door to the enemy and saying, here I am, have your way. And you know, a lot of times we think as, as humans, we think, you know what? I can handle the devil. I can, you know, I, I got this. I, I'm good. I got this, Lord. I don't need your help with this. 
And so, and so we do something that opens the door, I put it like that, to the enemy. And then, you know, he comes on in. Well, when he comes in, baby, he's not asking us what we think and what we want and how, when to stop. When should he stop? And then further down in that same paragraph, uh, near the bottom, it says, why are we so slow to give up our interest in the things of this world and take Christ for our only portion? Why should we wish to keep the friendship of our Lord's enemies and follow their customs and be led by their opinions? There must be an entire unreserved surrender to God, a forsaking and turning away from the love of the world and earthly things, or we cannot be Christ's disciples. Sounds like we need an extreme takeover by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how many of us want that? How many of us want the Holy Spirit to come in and just move things out of the way out of our life that we cherish? Amen. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and you say, and the Holy Spirit comes in and say, okay, he brings in a big trash, big trash dumpster and says, okay, we're going to get rid of that. And let me see, we're going to get rid of that. You know, no, wait, 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 no, no, I, 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 no, I paid a lot of money for that. <laughs> it's like you're hoarding everything. You, you, you know, trying to get rid of hoarding, but you don't want to get rid of this or that. Yep. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the spirit is saying, okay, you got to get on this narrow path. You can't carry none of that with you on this narrow path. Cause on this narrow path is a little bitty doorway that you got to go through and all that stuff that you got. You can't carry it through that doorway with you. And you That's can't even example. push it through the doorway in front of you. You know, you can't put it through the doorway and then crawl through yourself. It can't go with you. Because, because the doorway is small. It's just big enough for you to get through. But then, the, but then the tunnel on the other side is still just big enough for you to get through, to keep going through. So you can't push your stuff through before you go in. <laughs> you got to let it go. You know? Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit knows that. And the Holy Spirit knows, you know, what it will take to save us. And some of us, you know, the Holy Spirit reads the moanings and groanings of our hearts. And he knows some of us just really want to be saved. We just really want to be saved. But he also knows that we still have our selfish ways in us. And we still have our our, our, our love of things of the world and things in the world. And, and, And he's saying, you know what? Just let me come in. Just let me come in. You, you'll eventually understand that it's for your good. You know, because you don't need this. You don't need that. You know, because all that stuff opens the door to the devil, you know, or keeps the devil and his imps around. You so know, we don't know. We don't really know, Karen, what we're praying for, because we're praying, Lord, please save me. Help me to be saved. And what we're asking for is this uh, purification or mm. For God to put us in a position where we have to relinquish and let go, you know, yes. no, mm-hmm. we're praying for health and strength, and we want that. So then, you know, but it seems like we get more sickness. Why? Because we have to let go of those things that are making us sick. We have to let absolutely go of foods. We have to let go of the inactivity. We have mm-hmm. to do the things that it takes. And unfortunately, we don't recognize God's hands because we're thinking. If I'm asking God to help me to be healthy, why am I not healthy? But the Holy Spirit is saying, drink you some more water. Mm-hmm. Bed tonight at 10 o'clock. And we don't right. recognize it as the health 
that God is bringing us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You ever prayed a prayer sometime and then it seemed like God started answering it maybe even that same day, but not the way you thought it should be. So at first you didn't recognize yep. that that was God answering your prayer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody want to share their experience? I remember um, last um, December when I didn't have my apartment yet and my children were coming into town, it was nowhere for them to be, you know, because I thought I would have a place yet. And I was not thinking about their 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 dad, you know, he was not even in my peripheral vision. Mm. Okay. So it was nowhere to be. I was like, well, just call, just call your dad, you know, whatever. And it turned out that was the place for them to be because they, mm. you know, he, they got time to a chance to spend time with him to get to know him better because he was not a good, he was like absentee dad, put it like that. Mm-hmm. But that was where God wanted them to be because it was when I did get in my apartment, they were, they were like 10 minutes away from me. You know, mm-hmm. he was dropping them off, you know, you know, it was just like convenient. I'm like, wow, this worked out. And he, mm-hmm. he was not, I was not even thinking about him. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, any other comments on that? Okay, let's go down to the last paragraph. Uh, and it starts out with the life and spirit of Christ is the only standard of excellence and perfection. And our only safe course is to follow his example. If we do this, he will guide us by his counsel and afterwards receive us to glory. We must strive diligently and be willing to suffer much in order to walk in the footsteps of our Redeemer. God is, thankfully, though, God is willing to work for us and to give us, give us of his free spirit if we strive for it, live for it, believe for it, and then we can walk in the light as he is in the light. And so... The, t- the title of this chapter was Walk in the Light. And that, that, that's the formula right there, to walk in the light. Any comments? You know, it's always, we keep getting the same message. It says, um, let's see, if we will strive for it, live for it, believe for it, and then we can walk in the light. Uh, and this says, we must strive diligently, this is above that, and be willing to suffer much in order to walk in the footsteps of our Redeemer. It's, you know, it's right here, but we, you know, I can speak to me personally, if some things aren't going right, if things are going wrong, instead of me thinking that I'm walking in the um, footsteps or in the direction I'm supposed to be walking in, I wonder what's wrong, what am I doing wrong, you know, I, am I doing things right? What, what was my last 10 sins? You know, so we have it all kind of backwards in our minds that, you know, if we are walking with God, everything is going to be perfect. But this is saying that we are going to suffer. And we is in the Bible, you know, all who will love Jesus, who, who will follow Christ will suffer persecution. It's there, mm-hmm. but we don't, we don't apply it or just, I guess, don't accept it. Mm-hmm. The voices out here is like, you know, if if you are with God or if God has favor on you, then you will be um, 
then you will be rich and you'll have this. Come and get your blessing. Your blessing is out there. Just reach up and get it. Just reach uh -huh. up and get it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know that we're, we're like, we're supposed to have these things, but if we're, we, he's telling us the battle is going to be difficult. If you're going to reach this top plateau of moral and character development, it's not going to be easy. Right. Absolutely. And we must... Um, we must be willing to suffer with him in order to be glorified when he's glorified. Um, somebody had a comment? Yeah. Um, the uh, last sentence in 4081 sums it up for me. It's, it's everything. There must be an entire unreserved surrender to God, a forsaking and turning away from the love of the world and earthly things, or we cannot be Christ's disciples. Mm -hmm. Everything comes back. All roads lead back to surrender. And mm -hmm. surrender um, is just, it, it, it's a action of faith. So, you know, I mean, whatever we look at and whatever we do, you know, without faith, we cannot please him. Everything comes back to faith. And if we, we will surrender. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I, I'm going to agree with Paula. And I said, oftentimes we don't want to surrender at all. We only want to surrender the things that we feel like that, well, maybe if I give this up, God will bless me. But God doesn't want half surrender. He wants full surrender. Mm -hmm. You know what it makes me think about? It makes me think about someone who is drowning. And so someone goes out to rescue them and they're fighting and they're kicking and they're pulling and they're grabbing on the person that, that, that came out to rescue them. And they're told, Stop, stop fighting. Just let go. Just, just stop. Just stop. I got you. I got you. Stop doing all of that. I got you. Then you got to slap them. It <laughs> takes faith to do that. It takes faith to do that. That's an excellent. That, that happened to me when I was canoeing with some teachers and I was married then. And my husband and the, the guys jumped in and they was trying to tell me just stand up and I was still swinging. So finally they put me on my feet and I feel so stupid when they stood me up. The water only went to my knee. But I had fell out the canoe. The canoe had turned upside down and I mean, I just was, and I couldn't swim. And they was like, you had a life jacket on and you just fighting and screaming and hollering. And I told them, I said, I, I, just, I just panicked. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah yes. that's a and good so analogy I for think... our walk with christ is we have a life jacket on and we're busy fighting and screaming and hollering mm. and not mm -hmm. to do his will which is like where, where we started from with that first sentence that it says that christians should not walk beneath a cloud you know because we recognize that we are with jesus and no matter what is happening in our lives god is with us and so we don't have to fight, kick, and scream only to stand up and find the water just to our knees. We got on. Because mm -hmm. he said, when you go through the rivers, I will be with you. It will not overflow thee. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. All right. Anybody have any other comments? Okay, Lee, what are we studying next week? Next week, we're on chapter three, the second coming promise throughout history. And that's in which heaven, the book heaven, right? Okay. Um, and uh, because Alvina always asks, uh, any prayer requests? Yes, I told you, I remember you forgot. 
No, I, um... Yeah, you forgot. Yeah, you can remind me. No, I was just telling no, my children are going through something and for them to just get along. Yeah, it was something serious, but yeah. Okay, okay. That's what you added asked on Wednesday night. Yeah. Also, okay. okay. I still want some more prayers. Hey, I, oh, okay. We're still on live, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, what we will do is we will pray out for this and then stay on and we will pray uh, the special request prayers. Sister Karen, I got a real quick question. You said okay. Wednesday night, you guys are still having Bible study on Wednesday night? No, it's prayer service on Wednesday night at seven. Okay, is it the, is it the same number that I used today? Uh, it's the same number that you call in for Sabbath school. I don't, okay, I'll I'll have to call you later because I don't have that number. I just have this number. Okay, okay, all right, okay, all right. Um, Andre, you mind closing us out in prayer? No problem, no problem. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for another day, another Sabbath day. We thank you for blessing us, Lord, throughout last week, Lord, and as we start another another week, Lord Jesus. Um. We just ask for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit, Lord. You've heard the things that we've discussed and learned through this chapter, Lord. And we just ask you to keep these things in our hearts and our minds, Lord. Keep us throughout this week, Lord, as we go into a, a different holiday um, weekend or week, Lord Jesus, with all this COVID um, quarantining going on. Let us be mindful, Lord, of everything around us and all the people around us and and stay uh, protected, Lord, from from all those that, that could possibly um, harm us, Lord Jesus. We really don't know. So we just leave everything up to you, Lord Jesus, and just keep us safe, Lord, and, 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 and under your protections. Forgive us, Lord, of our sins, Lord, and bless us throughout the rest of the Sabbath. Uh, and just keep us, Lord, throughout this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.